Broadcasting from the heartland of America, in the Hoosier Media Network Studios, the next generation in conservative talk radio, this is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is another fantastic weekend. So wonderful to have you along for the ride. This is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier. And boy, what a week, man. Our first full work week of 2024. How did that feel as you get back into the groove of things? I know now, now you're looking at the long haul and you're like, ah, there's not another major holiday. Well, I guess technically Martin Luther King Day is on Monday, but there's not really a holiday we get to take off a whole lot for the next couple of months right now. So strap in, buckle up, and boy, did we start off the year with a bang for the new year. So much to talk about, so much to get to, and it's so wonderful to have you along with us here as you do every single weekend. Welcome into it. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas at the Hoosier Media Network Studios. You can find us on our social media at Hoosier Reason. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. Also, our website at HoosierReason.com, which I highly recommend that you do, not just because I want you to check out the website, but we have been doing some updates on our website we've been revamping things a little bit we've been adding some new features we've been adding some new tabs adding some new content and i'm still going to be adding some more but it is kind of reformatted a little bit a little bit uh, more user friendly so to we, uh, so to speak for the website so who's your reason.com h-o-o-s-e-r reason.com would love to see you go check that out and become a hoosier holic sign up for that newsletter you get our monthly newsletter and so much more all right welcome into it bottom of the hour we have danny katz that we've had her on the weekday program and i love the conversation with her so we had to bring her on this show uh she is the author of the book the language of betterarchy as we talk about language and words and how words actually matter I know it's a wild time. And now with so many words being thrown at you all the time, you're listening to talk radio and podcasting. So I guess there is that, but there is so many words out there that have been overused, maybe watered down, maybe belittled just a little bit. What do words actually mean? And when it comes to uh, battling tyranny and big government and centralization of power, you can tell that there are some in the elite side of society that like to control the dialogue, control what words actually mean and change the meaning of words. So we'll have that fun conversation coming up with Danny at the bottom of this hour. Hopefully you're staying warm out there. Holy cow, man. So I am again broadcasting out of Kansas, Wichita, Kansas. And today it was four degrees with a really heavy wind that put the wind chill at like negative 10. My car did not want to start. I had to fill up my gas tank and that was not pleasant at all. And it's only going to get colder. Apparently, the overnight temperatures tonight going into the negatives. Now, I can handle this one of two ways. I can say, oh, my gosh, it's so cold. I can't believe this is happening. Or (laughs) that's the negative side of approaching this issue. Or I can say, it's winter time. What? Oh, man. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. It's winter time. So this was going to be expected at some point. Uh, Chad, jump on here for just a moment, Chad. Uh, You're down in Dallas, Texas. What's the temperature down there again? You said it's like in the 50s. Uh, are you there? Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. Yes. Uh, so you're not, in the fifties. You can't hear me. Uh, I okay. can now. Okay. At, at the moment, yes, we're in the fifties. By the time I leave here, we're supposed to be down in the twenties. Down in the twenties feels like a heat wave. It does. feels like a heat wave. It yeah, does. that would be nice. Now, again, I enjoy the cold in this temperature. Now the wind's a little crazy, so I haven't gone out yet a whole lot today. But the wind's crazy. Usually I'll go out and I'll sit and do a little meditation, just take in a deep breath, fresh air, and just kind of wake up. It alerts the senses, makes you aware 
I don't mind the cold weather. It's when the wind gets me. I don't like the wind, warm or cold. That's just kind of annoying. But this is this is the global warming that we were expecting, right, Jed? I mean, this is it is this is global warming. Antarctica is melting at the moment, and we're in a heat wave. <laughs> yeah, it's melting so much that it's uh, warming everything up for us to be thrown into another ice age. That's the tr- that's the yes. policy for the left side of the aisle. I'm just making sure, just trying to clear up the air here because apparently. The cold is supposed to bring in the global warming that's going to throw us into a cool front and uh, the ice age. So I'm, I'm glad we cleared that one up. Now, uh, have you heard any, just real quickly, uh, Chad, have we? Have you heard anything down in Texas? Have you heard any news about the uh, the energy system and the, uh, do you have enough electricity? Do you have enough energy to keep you guys from going into brown and blackouts like we had a few years ago when we got down into this Arctic front? Before we've actually taken extension cords and connected to Louisiana, Oklahoma, and New Mexico to pull the needed energy. So you didn't open up the coal plants; you're just stealing from other states. Correct. Gotcha. All right. Well, it's, that makes it's much cheaper more sense. that way, and and it, <laughs> and it frees up the air. You know. Ah, I see. That makes more sense. Now you can still be environmentally friendly, and you don't have to open up coal plants by just stealing energy from other places. They can deal with the brown and blackouts if they don't yes. produce enough energy for themselves. You guys are good in Texas. Yes, absolutely. All right. All right. Thank you for that. Well, that's that was the concern. So, if you remember, what was it? Was it twenty twenty or twenty twenty one? I want to say twenty one. When that massive deep freeze happened all over the Mid-America region, from Nebraska and the Dakotas all the way down into Texas, and everybody was running out of energy. And these energy systems couldn't handle everybody trying to stay warm because of this Arctic front that came down from the north. And we saw these negative temperatures that was in like the middle of February. I've said this on the air before. My energy bill, my natural gas energy bill that's usually... Now it's like gas and trash and everything together. That's usually like 120 bucks a month was $2,500 in a single month because of how much they charged us for the natural gas because Kansas and the Kansas energy companies didn't prepare for that. And they ended up buying the natural gas at $600 per cubic foot on the market and jacked up everybody's prices all over the place. Like every small town, every, every home, every business, everybody ended up having to pay that amount. And we had like a year to pay it off. that's ridiculous and i want to make sure that hint hint wink wink energy companies this is happening again don't do that to us again please but all of it because that's fraudulent oh that's right yeah everything was trump's fault that's right man it's a weird time so uh yeah stay warm out there go out and enjoy it the best you can but stay warm and let's not have the energy companies try to take advantage of the situation again like they did a few years ago. But like you said, Texas, eh, we'll just steal the energy from other states to hell with trying to open up these coal plants. All oh, the world that we live in. All right, welcome into it. I want to shift gears a little bit. Let's get into There's a lot that happened over this week because this was the first full week of Congress really back in session. They're trying to deal with a lot of deadlines. We have next week, coming up on Friday next week, the 19th, we have the end of round number one of this continuing resolution. It's the two phases. So the first part's on Friday. The second part ends the beginning of February. So they have really this week to come up with a federal budget. Things aren't looking too hot. So we'll do that as we get into our what's trending for the week. It's your week in review. As now, this is the first major hurdle that we have to deal with in Washington, D.C., especially for not just this year, but really since Mike Johnson ended up taking over the Speaker of the House because we came up with the two-tiered plan for the continuing resolution. He got a lot of flack for that, but also he did stand his ground against Democrats and said that he wasn't going to fund Ukrainian funding without any type of issue on the border. And he walked away during the holidays without that being completed, which I applaud him for that because that was 
honestly pretty impressive. Now we're up against the clock. And this is the first real test of what Republicans are going to do with the very narrow margin of majority they have in the House of Representatives and a Democrat Senate that's not going to like any major conservative policy. First, you have to get your own Republican Party on board to do something productive. Then you have to get Democrats on board on the other side to actually get it to the president. Then you got to get the president to sign it. So according to some Republicans, we're still in the vast minority and we just have to do their bidding. Which is the typical Republican response on these issues is let's just give them what they want. We can't do what we need anyways. Let's hope that we can get our 2% that we can move forward. And mm, there are some conservatives now that are starting to say, yeah, no, that's not going to fly. We're not okay with that. And we're going to stand our ground. And you should. As the House of Representatives that has the power of the purse, we have to remember that the House has the power of the purse and that Republicans, while a slim majority, are still a majority. And the idea should be, Here's our bill. Take it or leave it. If you want to shut down the government, that's on you because we did our job. Period. End of story. And I know that we can do that. It may be tough. It may be frustrating, but we have the ability to do that. However, there's now been a bill that was proposed last week from Mike Johnson last weekend, actually, going into the new year, that said that he wanted to create a near $1.6 trillion federal budget. And Democrats are like, oh, this is great. Republicans, for the most part, are okay with it. But there are the few conservative holdouts that are saying, yeah, no, this isn't going to fly. We're not getting enough cut. Now, just to remember, let's do a little rewind back to, I don't know, right before Christmas of last year. We had eight appropriation bills done out of the 12 that were needed. Eight of them had some pretty decent spending cuts in them. In total, this budget proposal that Mike Johnson is proposing comes to right around $16 billion in savings in what they were doing, and billion dollars in cuts, $16 billion. That includes the lack of the expansion of the IRS. That includes a little bit of the trimming and consolidation of certain agencies and programs. That's kind of just a summary, $16, billion, 16 to $30 billion. 16 to 30 yeah, right around there. Now, that's supposed to offset a deal that Kevin McCarthy and President Biden had done earlier that was close to $60 billion dollars. So we're not really cutting anything. We're just trying to offset some of that expansion, which we're doing anywhere between a quarter to a half of that in general. But overall, they say that we're cutting some spending, sitting at $1.6, $1.7 trillion in a total federal budget. Democrats seem to be okay with it. Some Republicans, not so much. To the point where we have the Freedom Caucus, the Chip Roy's, the ultra, that's what they're calling the extremists, the radical, the hard right, the hard right conservatives in Congress, that are willing to now oust Mike Johnson unless he gets his act together. Nope, hold on. What's what's going on here? There we go. I love when my web tabs just start talking to me all of a sudden. When we have the Republicans that are now torn again and some that are looking to oust Mike Johnson, we now have to come to a consensus. And the consensus is that will Republicans be able to unite on a conservative platform? Now, again, we don't have the Senate. We don't have the presidency. So will we be able to truly make a difference as Mike Johnson tries to hold everything together? And I will preface this by saying that I am still a very big fan of Mike Johnson. I do not think that we need to oust him at all because let's be honest, it was a gamble with Kevin McCarthy. It took us long enough to find a new speaker of the house and Mike Johnson, while we may not be getting the policy we want to right away out of the gate, we have messaging that's coming out better than we've ever seen out of the house and Republican leadership in a very long time. And I totally commend him for that because he's done a fantastic job. What we need to do now is stop. Here's my humble opinion. Elected officials. I know you're listening. Here's what we have to do. 
Stop blaming everything on the leader and the speaker and start focusing on the rest of the Republican caucus that's not getting on board with the Republican agenda. Can we cut some more? I think we could. Should we cut some more? Yeah, I think we could. In fact, I'm a purist. I think that we could do some dramatic cuts. I really don't see us needing to pass a budget any more than a trillion dollars. Right now, it's at 1.7. If we came out and said, here's a budget that's under $1 trillion, if you did that, I would cry tears of joy. Is it going to (laughs) happen? Probably not. We got to live in a world of reality here a little bit too, right? We can't just say, oh, you need to pander to my reality. No, we need to recognize what reality is here, and that's probably not going to happen. I get that. But can we squeeze just a little bit more? Yes. And while Democrats try to threaten the government shutdown, we even have the Republican caucus in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, that says that we need another continuing resolution. Like, if you're going to do another CR in January, what are we going to go to? Another June to have three more months of an actual federal budget before the federal budget runs out? Are we just going to do another omnibus package? What is he talking about? Republicans are their own worst enemy. And it's not Mike Johnson right now. While we could squeeze more out of it, we should be able to pass a substantial financial budget that has major cuts, send it to the Senate and say, here's what we did or the power of the purse. Our hands are clean. You deal with it. You figure it out. No more negotiation. We are already off the cliff. This is non-negotiable. If you want to shut down the government, that's on you. Other than that, we're going to go ahead and do our own thing. That's the level that we have to be at. We're not quite there yet. But it's not because of our speaker. It's because of the rest of the Republican caucus. Stop trying to overturn the tables on things that don't necessarily need it when we could be addressing other loopholes and problems in the Swiss cheese that is the Republican Party right now. Lots more coming up. Stay here. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It's America's political therapist. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into it. What the heck's going on here? My video stream seems to be glitching out right now. I think it's a conspiracy. The government's trying to shut me down, man. Hell's wrong with that thing. (laughs) Welcome back into it. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Not sure what's going on with that. It might. I don't know if it's the actual camera or what it is, but... We'll look at that here coming up later on. But you can watch our video stream. We do have the live streams going on on our friends over at OpsLens, O-P-S-L-E-N-S dot com. Their apps, their website as well. Also, of course, our social media at Hoosier Reason and HoosierReason.com. So a lot of cool stuff going on there. Make sure to check it out. I, I get a lot of messages saying, Andy, you have to play and understand the reality of what's going on in D.C. The Republicans are in the minority right now. They may have a slim majority in the in the House, but remember, we have Kevin McCarthy that ousted himself in at the end of December because he was so ashamed of what uh, happened and transgressed in D.C. that he didn't want anything to do with it any longer. So he's out. Then we have um, uh, Steve Scalise, who's out with cancer treatment until the end of the month. Then we have the other guy, uh, George Santos, that's out because of doing what he did. So we're already down three Republican votes right now which was already a slim vote. So we're already, we only have like a three to five vote majority in the in the House as the Republicans. And you can't do a whole lot with that. We need to go into the election. And I'd like to remind you that it's not about actually getting everything done. It's about standing on the principle for you to drive the Republican voters to 
the elections. Coming up on Monday, we are into the final weekend before the Iowa caucuses, the Hawkeye caucus. We'll talk about that coming up in hour number two with Ben Dieter, which I'm really, really excited to chat with. But uh, we're going into that election. What do you think is driving people to the polls? What's driving people to go and vote? Voting for somebody who's going to do what they say they're going to do and stand on principle and not cower and not back down. We are in such a divided nation right now. Yeah, sure, we can sing Kumbaya, we can hold hands, we can work well together, we can do what we have to do. But at the end of the day, we're so divided that the other side of the aisle doesn't want to hold hands with us because we are saying government's not the answer. They're saying government's the only answer. There's a vast, you can't find a happy middle ground in between there. The world is not black and white. It is very gray, but there are some that have gone so far on the purest mentality that you just can't reason with them. And I don't want to reason with them because they are dangerous to society. And we have to remember that. So when you go to the polls, those listening in Iowa and New Hampshire and other places with primaries coming up soon, what are you going to vote for? Are you voting for somebody who's going to be like, well, I'm going to do the best I can, but I'm going to live in the world of reality to just like, you know, give them whatever they want because I'm not in the majority. Are you going to vote for somebody that's like, hey, we have to do this. We have to get things done, and this is what we have to do, period, end of story, and I'm going to fight for that tooth and nail. You're going to vote for that person. That's why Donald Trump's up at over 50% in the polls for the Republicans in the primary for Iowa. It's going to be a wipeout for Donald Trump coming up on Monday. That's what we want from our elected officials, for sure. I don't know what's going on again. Why do we? Why do I hear something here? Uh, nonetheless, doesn't really matter. So, um, we can compromise. We can work on, and what I mean by compromise is that Republicans can compromise with Democrats as long as we actually hold true to our principles. The question is, will we? And will we have elected officials willing to do that? When we do what we need to do and we whip our own party and we work on our bills, we can send it to Democrats and let them have whatever they want to. What I find interesting about this entire situation is that Chuck Schumer was willing to negotiate on immigration funding at the end of the year to get his Ukrainian funding. In fact, to the point to where Democrats were angry at him for actually trying to compromise and work with Republicans on immigration funding because they didn't want him to do so because he was selling out. He was copping out on the issue, and they were angry about that. And if that's where we're going to be now, then cool. We have that power. We have that position. And we have the authority. We have the ability to make changes. It's just whether th uh, we recognize that power within us or not, or whether we just compromise, we give Democrats everything that they want, and we go about our day. I'm telling you, that's not why someone like Donald Trump, who wants to overturn the tables and disrupt society, why he's leading so far in the polls. Let's remember what Republican voters actually want here. Lots more coming up. We have Danny Katz coming up right around the corner. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Truth, reason, and common sense. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Glitches out. I think I got the video. The, the actual camera's working again, so we're good there if you're watching the video feed. Apologize for that weird glitchiness. I think I got rid of the voices in my head. Not Mr. Producer down in Dallas, but like my... I don't know. Twice now it's happened. We've had just random audio playing on my web browsers. I don't think it went over the year, but uh, it's definitely interesting to listen to that i hear voices it's all right welcome back into the program follow us all over the social media at hoosier reason at website hoosier the battle for the federal budget continues we have the first round 
or the first phase of the continuing resolution ending on Friday on the 19th. Then we had the second one beginning of February. Will we find a an agreement in the federal budget? And with conservatives now wanting to oust Mike Johnson because he's not doing it, I say you, misdirected anger, my friends, misdirected frustration. Maybe we should worry about the unison of the GOP that could easily pass a bill and then let Democrats scrum on their end. But you know, it's just, you know, I guess that's the misdirected anger that we see a lot in society. All right. I want to shift gears, though, because I had a great conversation with this next guest during the weekday program a few weeks ago, and I had to bring her back. I absolutely love this conversation, and I've used this many times before. But what, obviously, we say a lot of words on this program, being a talk radio show and podcasts that you may or not, may not listen to and other radio shows. But words matter. And with a 24-7 news cycle, I think that that's overall maybe hurt society because now we just say things for the sake of saying them, and it doesn't really have a lot of meaning, doesn't have a lot of value, doesn't have a lot of oomph that it used to, because now we literally have the president of the United States out there calling Donald Trump a tyrant, saying that he would execute his political opponents if he becomes president again, and that democracy is going to be uh, ended. And look, whether you like Donald Trump, dislike Donald Trump, like Biden, don't like Biden, it doesn't matter. But those are serious words to say. And are they legitimate? Are they true? Are they real? Or is it just the hyperbolic rhetoric that we hear in society today and watering down the value of what words actually mean? And how do we stop the tyranny and the control of content and what words we're allowed to say? We do that with our next guest on the Hoosier Media Hotlines. Let's go to the Hoosier Media Hotline. Super excited to have this next guest back on the program. She is the author of multiple books. Her latest one, The Language of Better Archie. You can find her on the website at dannycats.com. Danny's on the line with us now. Danny, Happy New Year. How are you today? I'm great. Andy, how are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so good to chat with you. I was so happy to chat with you last time. I loved our conversation. And it, I think this is something that so many more people need to be aware of is just focusing on words. And we can't just randomly throw out words of tyrant or racist or fascist or Nazi or bigot because those words like they make me cringe when I hear them but nowadays they seem so watered down that they have very little value today don't they yeah well definitely I mean they've been weaponized the definitions have been changed and watered watered down but at the same time the frequencies like those that coding that has you cringing because we know what those words really mean and and the violence and division that they carry. So it's unfortunate how language is being weaponized and used so recklessly and people give no second thought for stapling people with these labels, which, you know, destroy reputations, careers, families, all of those things. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned the frequency of them. I've noticed that the begin. obviously it's election season. Now we're going into a major election for 2024 for the presidency and all the downstep uh, elections thereafter as well. But already the tone has been set for this election, which is an election, like you said, of very much fear, paranoia, hatred, anger, low vibrational stuff. I mean, this is the, this is the language of uh, that's going to drive people to the polls based out of fear as opposed to excitement. And I don't know that that's very good for the nation, regardless of whatever political side that you're on. No, it, it's horribly demoralizing for the nation. And when you mind control people into a fear state using this type of language, um, it definitely affects the neurological functions. Like when we have cortisol and other fear hormones running through our body, um, we don't think clearly. We don't see as many options. We're more available to give away our civil liberties for these empty promises because we're just in a panic. So, no, it's horrible. And um, I, I really 
look forward to raising the vibration and the frequency of our public discourse because these quote unquote leaders um, are doing us a disservice. Yeah, they they really are. Is there anyone right now? I, I can think of one candidate uh, that I enjoy that's on kind of the independent side, but is there any other candidate that you can think of that's actually talking about positivity? And normally, this is why I'm so confused about this election. Normally, someone who's running as an incumbent, like Joe Biden, for example, would run on a positive campaign. Look at what I've done. Look at the things that we've done. Look at what we continue to do. Look at how great things are after I've done the stuff that I've wanted to do. He's not doing that. It's the very much the, the fear, the, the, the driving people in paranoia and fear and hatred. I don't hear any positivity out of him. I can only think of one candidate that's like, hey, let's all come together and have a conversation. I don't know if it's going to work, but do you know of any others out there? Which candidate are you thinking of? I'm thinking of Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I, I, I do that. So I appreciate him raising the level of discourse. For sure. And I do believe he's the only one who's modeling that. Because even though, like, Vivek has really intelligent, sane ideas, they're couched in that kind of vitriolic, um, separation-based language that just isn't good for the country. However, when when I hear RFK talk about Israel, he completely loses that composure. And he succumbs Mm. to the same mind control that's affecting, you know, so many in our populace. That is true. That is true. I, I I don't know, I guess, if there's any candidates out there. I guess out of all of them, he's the most positive of let's try and unite together. But you're right. It's, there's still that division at some point, which I get it. We're, we're in a divisive nation and we're never going to agree on everything. So we have to stand on what we believe in. But we can do it in a positive manner of, hey, let's do this as opposed to, oh, no. We can't do that because it's super evil. I mean, you talk about the importance of words and the positive words or the negative words and how they impact your life. When you're focused on, we can't do that because it's so evil and terrible and let's be fearful of that, we're never focused on finding the actual solutions here. Of course, it's a twofold problem. So one is this defaulting to complaining about the problem, blaming each other for the problem instead of, you know, utilizing our imaginations and taking some steps and putting some effort into honing in on solutions. I feel like in a lot of ways, our leaders are, you know, and I'm using leaders very loosely, they're lazy. Like they're not doing their job in terms of stealing into solutions, but also in terms of the division, we can have completely different ideas as to how to move forward or, you know, how to transform certain systems and still be, unified as Americans who just have a different belief. So I don't actually believe division is baked in. I think it's a distortion that's doing us a disservice. Yeah, I'm into that. We're talking with Danny Katz, the author of the book, The Language of Betterarchy. You can find her website at dannykatz.com. That's D-A-N-I-K-A-T-Z.com is her website with all of her great books. Let's shift it a little bit too, and we talked a little bit about it last time I had you on, but about changing definitions. And I use the term of socialism. When you look at a Webster dictionary from 40 years ago to Googling it today, it shows really a completely different definition in your book of fighting against tyranny and how they've controlled dialogue, they've controlled language, they've controlled words. Are we seeing not just the term socialism, but just uh, in politics and outside of politics, society in general, are we seeing the definition of words being changed for the purpose of controlling language? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think the ones that you opened up with, uh, racist, sexist, sexual predator, you know, all of those 
no longer mean, you know, like a, a, um, someone makes someone feel uncomfortable in a business meeting and that becomes a sexual predator, that phrase actually means nothing. Privilege is another one. Like pri- privilege at this point is like an insult to someone. It, it certainly no longer is the neutral word that it used to be. There, it's, it's tinged with derision at this point. That's a good one. That is a good one. Talking about, I mean, uh, when we used to say before, I'm privileged, you know, I'm, I have a great honor. I'm, I'm privileged to be in the position that I'm at. The, the connotation behind that was that you worked hard or maybe you got a little bit lucky or you met the right people or you went down the right course and you did what you were supposed to do in fulfilling your life purpose. Now you're almost supposed to apologize because you're privileged and actually getting to where you wanted to be. That's a completely different change in a, in a, in a term like that. It's a completely different change, and it also speaks to the larger demoralization campaign that we actually have a cultural trend that is attempting to have people feel ashamed of themselves for how they were born. Like, how does that help a collective on any level whatsoever? It's sadistic. Yeah. I love it. You have a workshop on your website at dannycats.com. You have a lot of great information on here about uh, quantum languaging, about being able to empower yourself. And I've noticed at the beginning of this year, I'm so excited about 2024 because I've seen so many instances already at the end of last year and starting off this year of people just not caring about it anymore. And what I mean by that is not uh, not pandering to those, not being scared of themselves because of getting in trouble for being privileged or something like that, not trying to just let other people dominate and control them. They're finally starting to stand up and saying either I'm tired of it and I'm just sick of it, not going to do it anymore, or I'm finally going to see the power inside myself and actually do the changes myself. Uh, are, are you seeing that as well? Are you seeing some optimism coming into the new year with people finally taking their power back into their own hands? Absolutely. I'm definitely seeing that. Um, I'm seeing it catch on quicker and quicker. Um, and I think the more of us who do it, we're modeling that, inspiring others, giving them permission to do it. And I think especially now, as we see that they're likely going to attempt to double down on taking cash out of commission like now it's such a time for us to stand in that no and model that for everyone around us with like unwavering tenacious certitude to shut this down i like it that's i tell you what people are going to start taking that and when they do that we're pretty much going to be unstoppable. we got to take a break here. We're talking with Danny Katz. DannyKatz.com is the website. The book is The Language of Betterarchy. When we come back, I want to continue this conversation. I want to talk about not necessarily the political side of things, but your own personal life to start off the new year. How can you change how you talk to yourself? How can you change how you talk to other individuals to set the tone in a positive manner, not be as negative, and be able to lead into a successful year? We'll do that when we come back. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Where Hoosierholics gather every week. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Your Hoosierholics Gathering Center each and every week right here on the program on radio stations all over the country. And we have more affiliates coming on as we speak. We'll do some announcements on those. Coming up a little bit later, your political therapist breaking down the issues of the day. Don't worry, you can vent to me. It's okay. I'm in office today. And let's do this thing. I love this conversation. We're hanging out with Danny Katz at dannykatz.com. D-A-N-I-K-A-T-Z.com is the website. You can also find all of her great books. Her latest one, The Language of Better Archie, 
as we look to try and fight tyranny. Danny, I want to shift gears away from the politics for just a moment, though, and look at the show is not just about politics. It's about bettering society and bettering yourself because the individual is really where we're at to try and solve the issue. Of, I've learned uh, at a very young age that if you don't do it yourself, it ain't going to get done because can you really trust others to do the things that need to? So uh, when we talk to ourselves, when we talk to other people uh, during the day, and we're trying to set our New Year's resolutions. We have our weight loss goals. We have our let's get in shape goals. We have our career goals, our relationship goals, whatever they may be. When you talk about them and you write them out, when you when you write them out, do you say, I should do this because it's going to be awesome? Or do you say, I don't want to do this because this is really bad? I mean, obviously, one is in a positive light. One's in a negative light, Danny. How do we, how do we change that thought process to ourselves? Well, it's definitely a thousand percent in the positive. And also, um, I would sidestep the word should, right? Because should is kind of a bossy pants word that alleges to have authority over us, right? Mm. So authority, basically, our God-given right to write our stories however we choose, I always encourage us to write our stories for the kind, for the encouraging, for the fun. So say my New Year's resolution is to exercise more, it's me putting myself in the vibrational frequency of exercising more and saying, I'm so stoked to be hitting the gym three times a week. Uh, it feels so good to be getting strong, to be getting into my body and to generate that excitement as we're speaking about it in the positive and in the present moment. So it's not something we're going to do in the past because that needle can move forever, right? something we're going to do when we claim that we're doing it now then all of our reality forces converge to make us correct and to get us to the gym that makes sense it's almost the mentality of you got to fake it until you make it if you tell yourself enough times that i'm so stoked to go to the gym at some point your body actually says oh yeah all right i'm ready to make this thing happen exactly exactly and it also like at this point, I've learned that this type of languaging is like fuel for action because what it's doing is it's programming my subconscious mind, which is what's responsible for program- programming my entire body, right? So it kicks everything into action. It's like, oh, we're doing this thing. And then like my body and everything just catches up and drives me into the thing that I claim I'm already doing. That's such great news. I love that. Uh, it's when Did you see it in your personal life? Did you see that change when you started noticing that difference on how you actually talk to yourself and how things started reflecting around you? 100%. This is how I live my life on the regular. Um, you know, it started as, as very simply with I'm a huge fan of the band Radiohead. And getting Radiohead tickets is a really challenging thing. And I remember when I was living in Los Angeles, the Radiohead was coming, and I just declared, I'm going to Radiohead. And this has been my practice for years. I've seen all of their tours. I've gone to all of their shows. And so it was this very simple, like, low-stakes way for me to play with it and see that it actually really works. I love it. We got just about a minute left here, uh, Danny. But when we talk about something like affirmations, if people wake up and do affirmations in the morning, how beneficial is that for you to wake up and start your day that way every day? It's crucial. I do it every day. It's me getting clear on how I want my day to go, like what energetic frequencies I want to bring to my day, right? So it's not necessarily just what I'm going to get, but it's like, you know, before the show today, I'm going to be clear. I'm going to be articulate. I'm going to be easy. I'm going to be in flow. You know, like 
it's just taking that moment to feel into the day. What do I want to accomplish? Yeah. I love okay. it. It's a great way. Yeah, it's a great way to start off the year. It's a great way that if you are looking for those affirmations or if you are looking a way to just get out of that negative rut that you are in your life, then this is the best way to do it. It's dannykatz.com, D-A-N-I-K-A-T-Z.com is the website plus the web, uh, the book at The Language at Better Arc. You go find it on YouTube or other places as well. Danny, happy new year. I'm so happy to chat with you again. we got to do it again real soon. Thanks, Andy. Happy new year. I love it. Ha- Happy New Year to you. So wonderful. I love chatting with her. we got to make her a semi-regular on the show. All right. Got to take a break. When we come back, right around the corner, hour number two, we have so much more to get to. We have the Hawkeye Cockeye coming up in just another day or so. The Iowa caucuses, the presidential primaries are officially underway. What's the breakdown for that? We'll do that with uh, Ben Dieter when we come back around the corner. It's hour number two of the Voice Reasons Weekend Edition when we come back. Stay there.